Hello and welcome to Labor Pains Podcast. I am your host, Teresa Reiniger. I am so glad that you are here. If you are here for the very first time, welcome. I am so glad that you have found me. If you have been with me before, a huge welcome back to you. This podcast is a place, it's a platform where I have been spreading awareness, connecting and supporting those that have experienced the struggles of infertility or loss of a child during pregnancy or infancy. We talk about feeling alone, isolated, the grief and where to find support. I hold space here where professionals share how they can support you and those that have personally have experienced infertility or loss can share their stories to connect and give support to others. Your healing and happiness is very important to me. My listeners and clients have shared that they feel like they are not sure what to do. Their relationships are hard. They're feeling alone and isolated, feeling like no one understands and their needs are not being heard. I hear you. I see you. And we talk about them. We're spreading awareness and giving you a voice. If hope and healing is what you're looking for, you have come to the right place. So this episode, I'm going to talk a lot. Well, the whole episode really will be about grief. Um, National Grief Awareness Day was just a couple days before um, this release of this episode. And so I want to talk about just awareness um, with grief. And then also I want to talk a lot about isolation um, that goes along with grief. And that's because I have been in contact with multiple people that have shared with me, you know, how isolating grief is for them. Something that I was reading earlier this week is that it is thought that half of all pregnancies actually end in miscarriage. So a lot of times a woman doesn't even know that the egg has been fertilized and it's before she has missed a period. And so it's thought that there is probably about a million couples each year in the United States alone that have had a miscarriage. And I share that with you just because the amount of grief um, that is associated with miscarriage and also infertility. And we're going to talk about that a little more with where that isolation um, comes to be. And so, like I said, I've talked to many people over the last several weeks that have talked about this isolation. And also, um, I've been reading a lot, and I just went to a spiritual conference. Um, there's just a lot that's circling in my head. There's a lot in my surrounding people and my environment that I just felt like I really wanted to devote this episode to talking a lot about grief. So really, anyone that is experiencing infertility, 
um, and I've saw this many, many times, our pregnancy um, loss has grief. Our culture, our society don't get it. They don't understand it. And so that's where awareness needs to come into play. They believe that um, a woman hasn't um, held that child. So why is the grief so strong? And I've said many, many times that grief is what it is because as soon as that woman becomes pregnant, um, her hormones change, um, her dreams, her desires, the vision of her family has changed. And the same is with the woman, the couple that are struggling with infertility. There's the desire, there's the dream, there's the plans. And so when that doesn't happen, of course, there is grief. And there's, then there's no support to surround them. And sometimes, you know, almost every episode that I've had um, previously, people have said how alone they feel on their journey. But then again, they have said they have, have support. And so it's really, um, I guess, really an understanding of that that I'm going to try to explain. They feel very alone, even though they're supported, because that alone feeling comes from that there's no one that can truly understand how they're feeling. Even though they may have similar two women that have miscarriage at the exact same week, similarities in their losses, they're individual people. They have individual um, things that surround them. They have individual ways that they were brought up and raised. So their grief is different because of everything they have experienced prior to infertility prior to the loss plays a factor in how they grieve. I hope that makes sense. So a little awareness there. So then they feel alone because no one truly understands what they're going through, even though they have possibly support around them and there are people around them. So they're not technically in air quotes alone but their feelings are they feel very alone so and where the isolation kind of comes into that is that because as a culture a society we don't understand um how they're feeling because we can't, we want them to um, get over their grief. 
And we want them as a culture, society, not me particularly, we don't want to, we feel kind of uncomfortable around them because they're mourning and they're grieving. So we then don't come around them because we feel like we're the ones that are causing the emotion in them. We're the ones that are causing them to mourn and grieve. And so then we just don't come around. And so then there's the isolation. So let me step back a little bit. There is a difference too between mourning and grieving. So grieving is how we feel internally. Like we may feel um, like a weight on our chest. We may feel our stomach churning. We may feel our arms aching because we're not holding a child. Those are all internal um, feelings. Mourning is that outward expression of the grief that we're feeling inside. So the outward where people can see the mourning, they see the crying, they see us um, maybe journaling, um, they hear us talking. It's all outward things that they can hear and see. Uh, people will go to support groups um, and share. Those are all outward um, expressions of the grief that we're feeling internally. So like I said, as a culture, we want to hurry people through that. We expect them to be strong, keep their chin up, move on, um, keep busy. That'll help. All of those things that we encourage people to do um, so that they're not mourning. They're not showing that emotion outwardly, even though many, many times it's, it is always internally the grief. But as a society, we don't want to see um, that mourning because we feel like they should not be mourning so long. When in reality, grief is just a natural response to losing someone are losing something important to us. So we're all going to grieve. It's very, very natural. But when we close it down, we try to push it down. We try to be very, very busy to avoid um, that grieving is when um, people really can get into trouble hurt themselves, um, mental, mental illness, you know, is, is a part of that. Um, and we want to be very careful with that with our loved ones. So some awareness, we want to be careful with that with our loved ones. We want to allow them to grieve. 
so that they're not stuck in their grief. They're not pushing it down. They're not keeping so busy that they're not grieving in a healthy way. Because none of us, none of us want our loved ones to suffer from depression, to suffer from suicidal thoughts, to suffer from very intense guilt. We don't, we really don't want that. I know we don't. So here's some awareness. Allow our loved ones to grieve. And if you are someone that's grieving, maybe share this episode with someone that's supporting you so that they can hear it and they know better how to support you. So I do know that, some more awareness, that yes, we're going to grieve. We, for the most part, are going to grieve the rest of our life. I do know, though, also, there is a time where that mourning um, and the heavy, intense grief should become better. And what what I help with with my clients is really for that to become better as quickly as we can, not forcing that by any means, but by just being a compassionate companion, by being an empathetic listener. When we're, they're allowed to share, um, when they're allowed to be heard and understood, that healing can not always, can become quicker. And the joy can come. The living life again can come. There really can be grief and joy at the same time. And every person that I've talked to, every client that I talk to, the reason they come to me is because they feel isolated. No one's listening or understanding. They come to me for support. They come to me because they are um, just feeling like they're ready to move forward in their journey. They do not like feeling the way they're feeling. They want to change that feeling and they need support to help them navigate through those feelings so that those feelings, they can find coping skills and ways to help navigate that differently, to find a way to live. They know they do not want to live in that deep sorrow and grief and mourning for an extended period of time. Some awareness, but culture kind of holds them there because they don't allow for that understanding, that compassion, that empathy. So one thing that I want to share, also some awareness, is really... For those that are grieving, 
that are listening to this podcast. Find your support. I'm here for you. But with every client that I work with, they need support outside of just me. And I encourage them to have two or three people that is their support system, their tribe, the person that they can ask. I encourage them to ask them to be part of their tribe, um, their networking tribe, that they can call them and they will listen. They will come see them. They will take them for a coffee. They will take them for a walk. Those people that will be those people that can understand and support them and truly listen to them. If they come to me, you know, as a client, I'm encouraging them to have those other people. It's important for them to have those other people. And I encourage those people that they're grabbing as their support network to not be family members. They need to be other people, friends, people from church. Because, and, I, and I've shared this before, family members are grieving also. They can support you a little bit, but they cannot truly, truly support you when they're grieving as well. So your support needs to be two or three people that can be there for you, that will listen, that will kind of really drop everything to be on a phone call or take you to coffee. You need that time to be able to share. You need that time to be heard. You need to share with them also your needs, what you need. Share that, that with them when you ask them to be part of your network tribe. And those family members of yours, they need support as well. So they need their network, their tribe that's going to help them through this, their grieving. Because their grieving is different than yours. Same person passing away, the grief is still different, like I said at the beginning, because we are each individual. It depends, hinges on our upbringings, what we've experienced in our life plays a huge factor in how we grieve. So just a little more awareness um, I want to share is, like I said before, um, Sigmund, Ford, Freud said, Sigmund Freud said this, that grieving is a natural process that should not be tampered with. People need to be allowed to grieve. And then, um, so there was a kind of a timeline that I was, that I came across. So that was in 1917. And then in 1969, Elizabeth um, Kubler-Ross wrote her book, The Five Stages of Grief. And this is another thing that people come to me um, about is, they're worried about, they're confused and worried that they're not going through the stages of grief properly. And this is a very misunderstood um, topic. And I want to share this here just for awareness. 
that that book was written for people that were dying, that had been given a diagnosis and they were dying. Those stages were put into place of what they would go through. It was not designed or not written for us that are grieving for someone that has died. Yes, we can go through those stages, but they're not linear. You're not going to go through them in the order that they're written. You may not go through all of them. And I tell my clients that you may go through two, three, four, five of them in one day, that your emotions are going to be up and down and up and down like a roller coaster could be several of them in an hour's time frame. So just an awareness that when you're grieving, you're not going through the stages in order. It's not linear and you may not even go through all of them. So that book came out in 1969. So that's kind of changed. So there was a little more different um, in 1981 where um, there was some different, it was called the two track model of bereavement. And it was providing just a deeper insight into the grieving process. So that might be something an awareness that you might want to look up. And then there is in 2007, this complicated grief was basically established. And it's a type of grief that gets worse over time and is commonly caused by the complicated relationship with the deceased person. So their relationship was not good. It was very, very complicated. So the grief then is very, very complicated because it can't be harder to resolve things with that relationship with a person that has passed away. And then here in 2020, a new kind of um, diagnosis has been determined, prolonged grief disorder. And I might have talked about this previously on an episode. And I believe that this has kind of come to be my opinion, <laughs> just my opinion, that this kind of came to be with what we've experienced the last couple years. And um, that grief is prolonged, you know, and, and it's a disorder that we weren't allowed to really grieve like we were accustomed to. We weren't able to be with our loved ones as they were dying. We weren't allowed to have our rituals, our ceremonies, our customs got changed. And so that prolonged grief disorder, I believe, my opinion only, I didn't need to do more research on this, but my opinion right now is, of course, of course we have prolonged grief. Of course we do. And so just some awareness, that's pretty new. So just raising awareness as it is, you know, national grief awareness, I'm going to say week. Um, it's about just educating um, and really allowing others to be understood, to be heard, and spreading the awareness of the grief to the general public. You know, it's really important for us to educate others if we are grieving on what we need, 
and us as a society to not isolate those that are grieving, to be with them, to understand them, to listen in silence. Really, in our circle of family and friends, there is really a third of them that will support you. There's a third of them that will say things to you that are hurtful. You know, I'm not going to share those, but you know what they are. And then there's a third of them that will just not help you or hinder you. They'll just really distance themselves. So there's only a third. And that's where the isolation comes in. Because people remove themselves from being around the person that grieves. And like I said at the beginning of this podcast, infertility and pregnancy loss is even, it's just more difficult for, for those surrounding that person that is grieving infertility and pregnancy loss to understand it. So explain, share, bring awareness. We're doing it already, but let's continue to bring awareness. And the other thing is when we share grief, we really do, um, we save lives by allowing them to share so that they're not turning into that deep depression because there's, there's no one to share and understand. So let's save lives. Um, and then I am here to always offer any resources that I have um, and especially during this week of grief awareness. There are many resources and I can share. I am here to support you. As always, reach out to me. I always give time in my schedule to talk to those people that need somebody to listen. If you want to become a client, we can talk about that. But grief is difficult, but it is a very natural response to loss and to death. And I just want to be that support person for as many people as I can to help them through their grief. I do feel I can't totally understand your situation, but I do understand a lot and because uh, <laughs> I come from a family of 13 which many of you probably know but probably everybody doesn't so with 12 siblings and parents and cousins and aunts and uncles I have honed my listening skills because everybody can't talk at the same time there's got to be somebody that listens and that's me I am an empathetic listener it's how I was raised. It's, it's what I know. And so if I can help you, I'm here. Reach out. I want to be your support. If you have enjoyed this podcast and found it helpful, please consider sharing it. And if you do share it, 
on social media, tag me so that I can personally thank you because I really do appreciate uh, you sharing it. And this really is the best way that we can connect and support others on this journey. And also, if you can take a minute and write a review or comment on this episode or ask a question, those are the ways that I can continue to create valuable and supportive content for you and the other listeners. And of course, if you have not yet connected with me, I would love for you to find me on social media. On Facebook, you can find me at Teresa Werner Reiniger. On Instagram, Teresa Reiniger. And on both Instagram and Facebook, you can find me at Living After Grief. If you need support and are feeling alone on your journey, I am here to support you. I am looking forward to being with you again next week. So continue to share your story to help others feel inspired and to give them hope on their journey. Until next week, have a peaceful and blessed week.